Uh, kia ora, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another exciting episode of The Log Cabin. I'm Uncle Mark, a.k.a. Loggy Log, a.k.a. MC Slave. We're crossing to the Wellington desk where I have local music legend, singer, songwriter, extraordinaire, uh, Barnaby Weir. Kia ora and welcome, Barnaby. Hello, good morning. We've been meaning to talk to you for more than a minute. I mean, I guess listeners, in case you don't know, Barnaby is one founding member of the Black Seeds and also um, has recorded a lot of solo music and also is the founding member, I guess, is that fair to say, of, of Fly My Pretties? Is that is that a fair... That's right. Fair? Yeah, that's fair. If there's a few hats going on um, and the other main um, kind of outposts or, um, you know, um, the watershed um, bands for me over the years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, you're Wellington-based, always been Wellington-based, yes? Yeah, I'm, I'm speaking to you now from um, me and my partner's new rental in um, Parapara Umu Beach, ah. which is Kapiti Coastways. Of We've, we've We've headed back out of the city. Yeah, uh, we decided we'd we'd hit the coast and and have a bit of a more of a mellow um, you know lifestyle with focus for me on on my art and and a bit more headspace I guess getting out of the city maybe a little bit less drinking and and, and late nights so often just a bit of perspective you know a bit of that um, fresh perspective helps you to see what you've got what you, what you don't have and um, and appreciate it you know get some work finished get some uh, some of these demos and some of these songs that I've been working on for, for too long yeah. um, finished up and um, and just focus so we, you know settling in of course being a musician kind of collector kind of guy I'm the guy that has all the too many boxes of stuff that needs to be sorted <laughs> out you you know your different formats over the years we've got some reel-to-reels some uh, hard drives that don't plug into anything now I've got some you know not quite as older USB ones that do plug in and have say the Black Seeds whole you know um, a huge amount of work on there that's you know take care of those put those in a special drawer right. and then um, I've got a few few keyboards and a, and a couple of Genelex and and, um, and um, some older Pro Tools technology, but you know it just works for me for um, getting down those ideas. And, and with a fairly good microphone, it's it's actually totally sweet. And then from there, I can take it to say um, Lee Preble at the surgery, and or I can do some mixing here and take it there, and then finish it off uh, in a professional studio or whatever. So it suits me. Right, that's cool. So like the home setup is right for your songwriting, but then you take things to surgery. Lee Preble, who runs the surgery in Wellington, this is a this is a listeners, this is an infamous Wellington studio. I mean, you guys, um, is it fair to say that you you and Lee, like in the surgery, sort of came up together? You sort of started at the same time? I guess, is that the studio where you've worked most on your various that would projects? Be, yeah, definitely. The, the surgery is like Lee's, you know, handcrafted um, studio. It's in a newer spot. Um, originally, it was on Tasman Street. Now it's down on um, in Newtown, way further, deeper towards the zoo. Um, but, you know, just to give you an idea, it's a very comfortable, hand-built studio from scratch where, you know, like his dad, who's a, who's a great carpenter, built the, you know, the cabinet for all his units and, you know, like preamps and things like that. It's like hand handcrafted. So there's a really kind of family feel to it and a... Um, it's an original studio. It's not cold and kind of new. It's um, he's got lots of vintage gear. He's got a really good collection of microphones. But of course, it's it's all about him himself. You know his style of recording and and his problem solving. And he he really is a patient. Um, guy who will tell you you know his honest opinion on on a song and tell you you know make suggestions about how we can make it sound tougher or softer or more old school or less old school um he's got lots of good solutions and i think that we work really well together we've i initially met lee when he was working at marmalade studios in wellington for more commercial 
projects like voiceovers and those kind of things and um he was coming up there and then he you know he took the plunge in the um late 90s or early 2000s to start his own studio and that's where um the black seeds and fly my pretties you know began recording with him right right i mean how many years is the black seeds spent together now it's, a, it's like yeah, a, we're, we're on pushing. our 21st year 21st this year. years oh my god yeah. yeah wow wow the numbers start to stack up you know and then you you think oh wow really is it has it been that long and then you you know you start you know finding photos or um you know sometimes facebook kind of throws something at you and you're <laughs> like oh wow that was like pre-facebook photo war yeah. you know just when the internet was starting to kick off and um there's photos of us i guess um our early european tours were probably 2005 right. and before that we had only been to australia and, and 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 working in new zealand but yeah when you start saying you know 20 years um you know, there's a sense of um, of pride with that because we, we're still, I believe, we're sounding really good. And yeah. yes, there's been different variations of members, but um, we released our last album in 2017. And, um, you know, we're proud of that and, and we're just working on new material now. So we definitely have life left in the band and we're not kind of just repeating, you know, um, melodies and, and themes so much. We, we have a sound that I think that is true to ourselves um, in a more reggae funk style coming from New Zealand, but it's authentic in it within ourselves. I don't think that we're, you know, we're not still trying or trying to be a Jamaican group or a, an American sounding group. Um, I think we have our own sound now. So, yeah. you know, that's that's what comes with uh, maturity and uh, refined <laughs> uh, elegance in older age. <laughs> fair call, Barnaby, fair, fair call. I guess having done it for 20 one years your, your um the music your music has it's spread far and wide i mean i know in some of my travels like to europe and stuff people always they always ask they'll ask about the black seeds you know what's what are the black seeds up to you know what i mean and um what do you think as a you know as a uh, as a long time contributing and f- member of the local oh, i guess reggae music scene and, and that's and that sound what what do you think makes the the sort of Aotearoa, the new zealand reggae unique mm. to other parts of the world can you pick it or yeah um it is a question that you know that i'm you know always it's that's evolving my my perspective on it but um i do think that you know over the last uh, 20 years, um, you know, influenced through through radio stations, through the DJs, through um, roots and culture show like on Radioactive has been going for a long time, and mm. and, and the the contributing DJs and MCs and um, to to that and to sharing the music was such a uh, an important early part I think of um, um, turning us on to wanting to either make that kind of music or um, be involved in our own um, roots reggae scene which I know um, has has deep roots in, in Auckland and and in the far north and um, and but does also in Wellington and I think there was a shift in the late 90s um, early 2000s with that shift of um, darker, more kind of uh, industrial rock and, and, and uh, that kind of music and alternative music from Wellington. You know, focus did shift onto a more groovy, uh, laid back, um, kind of heavy bass, um, big beat kind of style. And I know that that translated into dance music as well um, around the world, but also in Wellington and um, drum and bass and, and things like that. And um, and we were part of that. Um, yeah. You know, um, the, so I think the early influences were, for me, the DJs and the radio DJs sharing what they had collected from around the world and the English um, Jamaican reggae, um, the English pressings and, the you know, and that, that culture. So I'm, mm. I'm really fond of that um, and... Um, and have a lot of respect for that for you know for radio 
people um, mm. sharing what they know and sharing their great collection with us. That's, yeah. you know, to me, that's priceless. And that, that enthused a small group of people um, in the Black Seeds. And we, you know, started yeah. developing our own sound. And, and we were definitely not shy about and being, you know, about where we're from, you know, um, yeah, mm. middle class, um, suburban, um, white and Māori kids and, um, you know, and city kids just really passionate about the music and, and starting to write and create our own um, little sound, which was a throwback to more 70s style. You know, um, we love the Lee Perry producing um, mm. sounds and the upsetters and the the. the the tubbies and the and the jammies, um, you know, that we were looking back to there. We weren't looking were, at the same time. There's a movement looking, you know, high tech kind of digi dub, you know, from digital, England. Digital, yeah, um, yeah. Right. We were kind of looking back more to the vintage style, and we really loved the vintage kind of slightly dirty, you know, crispy, crackly yeah. um, organs and original clavinets and things like that. So that's where we were looking at the time. And um, so yeah, a lot of lot of influence, obviously from from everywhere overseas, but I think that, you know, early, about the early 2000s, a real sound started to um, become, um, you know, solid and original in our own, you know, South Pacific island way um, and with our own accent and with our own stories and and I think that continues. It's interesting what you said, like the influence of the DJs. I mean, one thing I've always, um, I've always felt that, you know, a lot of that early in the late 90s, I guess, and stuff in Wellington, when the Roots Foundation gigs were sort of like, they were a Wellington sound system, uh, reggae, mostly reggae, but also went a few other places. Mm. I, I always, I kind of always felt like, because that was like the hottest party in the town, a Roots Foundation dance mm, was like sure. the hottest party in Wellington. And I've always felt like those parties really, um, yeah, affected all the musicians. Like the musicians were inspired by that. And that was sort of like why a lot of like, like the Freddies, like the Black Seeds, like a lot of that sound came from the 18 year old musos spending their Friday nights at these dances and then Monday going to, you know, to the jam room and replicating that, you know, uh, yeah. I've, I've always felt like I those agree. boys have a lot to answer for, <laughs> you know? Yeah, <laughs> I agree. And it's that, um, you know, I, I guess it's the culture of, you know, one having the brain and the understanding of, of a culture to, sh- to find the gems and, and go out with the money, you know, might not even have that much money, but you're spending your last 50 bucks on like three seven inches, you know, that are just key killer seven inches. And and that's that's our food, you know. I mean, that's like, yeah, don't worry about the rent, man. Like this, this seven inch, we've got to have it, you know. And um, and so these collectors are, uh, are collect, you know, making that a priority. And then uh, as listeners and as music enth- young music enthusiasts, we make that a priority. And then we start like, hey, man, I want to make music like this. I want to, you know, I want to, um, I love this groove of this bass line. I love the sound. Let's see if we can do something similar. Not to, not to copy but to be fully influenced by and to um, experiment with and then match the you know the technologies of the digital and the analog together which is the you know we just happen to be at the right time where internet's taking off we've got cheaper home recording technology um, that we can afford mates that are running studios that we can afford and uh, being influenced by people that are local that we can talk to and and go to their parties so yeah. you know all those things com- combining a eh, into um being you know highly influenced and um and um under the influence as it were and um <laughs> but actually doing something with it so yeah. you know we're, we're lucky in that way i want to talk to you about the other major project in your life which is fly my pretties how did that come about 
Yeah, Fly My Pretties came about um, uh, as an idea from me one day. Like, I've got these friends, Sam Scott from the Phoenix Foundation, Age Pryor, who's Age Pryor, does his own music, and um, and a number of other people, Brenda Moran and um, NATO, um, that I knew. And I, you know, just because I was in a kind of a funky reggae band, you know, I, I came from really a bit of a rock, kind of indie rock you know, early 90s kind of background where right. I loved, you know, Head Like a Hole, I was loving She Had, I was, you know, Fur Patrol were good and, you know, I was like into that kind of music too and, and I was, you know, enjoying country music. I've been brought up on country music and, um, you know, your, your folky stuff too and, and mm. singer-songwriter stuff. So I did have an appreciation for that and I thought, well, this is, this I can't really do this in the Black Seeds and that's, you know, that's, that's a bit confusing and it doesn't make sense to do that with the Black Seeds. So, you know, I kind of need a, an outlet where, I can um, have jams with these guys, but not really have a full set band and lineup. So yeah. the idea came about to do some theatre gigs at Bats Theatre with a lineup of like a showcase of different talent, mm. up and coming talent, talent that you wouldn't expect to be put together side by side, musos that you wouldn't expect to be in the same band. And I thought that that surprising kind of element to it and that um, theatre element where you're actually sitting and listening and appreciating the music. You're not in a, you know, back in these days it was smoking inside and stuff like that and everyone's not really that concentrated on the on the band, they're drinking and stuff and, and that's cool but but this was about the music and about having a theatrical element and a showcase element yeah. uh, to the talent and to broaden our, um, I don't know, our, our influences, to show our influences in a broader way and to um, experiment with um, unusual band lineup. So um, Fly My Pretty's the name comes from it's um, comes from the Wizard was um, the Wicked Witch of the uh, yes. East um, <laughs> fly says my to her monkeys yeah she says fly my pretties and then she says something else and then she says fly 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 away and I just put those together fly my pretties fly as an unusual kind of quirky memorable um, name for a, for a group and they're like what the hell is that you know and, and it just means you know fly my pretties is and they're not my pretties but they're our pretties but young talent flying and, and getting out there and um, with their sound so Yes. That was the concept, and um, Mikey Tucker from Loop. Um, we sat down at. Um, was it only supposed to be like? A, was it only ever supposed to be like a one show sort of thing? Did it, was, did it start as like, oh, let's just do this once, and then it was like, oh, hang yeah, on. It, it was going to be just a one show, uh, one week of shows at Bats, and the idea of recording a live album. That was actually the other main part of the concept: is that we don't go to the studio, we do it live in front of everyone. They're a part of it, and we record it with Lee Preble at Bats, and then we put out a record and. Yes. Um, so you know, talked to Mikey about this, and he was—he thought it was strange, but he—he he was uh, into it, and um, and we just went ahead and and, and did it, um, and um, and those you know those recordings are still, you know, quite quite popular considering that they're not that they're quite raw, um, um, but people like the songs, and those songs have had a, quite a long life now, and um, as it happens, we we've just been doing some recording on re-recording these songs for the first time in the studio, a lot of them from the first album, and also from a range of. Uh, different albums from different people like um, A.D. Dick and um, Anna Coddington and um, and some new stuff as well like from Bailey, Wiley and some old ones from me like, you know, All the Goodness or A Bag of Money. Like we never really did a proper studio version of that. So mm. we're respecting the songs and treating them like we're not reinventing the songs, but we are re-recording them in a, in a really um, cool studio environment where we can totally have control over the kick sound, 100%, and the vocal yeah. take, and the, you know? I mean, and I guess, as you said, you know, because it was a showcase for people, different guests and stuff, I mean, I guess you've had a few core people, contributors, but that has been a revolving door over the years too, right? 
It has, yeah. Um, you know, try to mix it up, and it's in terms of the lineup and yeah, and the different palette of colours, I guess, and shades and, and tones and genres. Yeah. Um, and you know, I do have a commitment as a musical director, kind of thing, to make sure that we have that we're representing the youth. You know, that we're representing. You know, we have some young people that are coming up and that are that are serious about music and yes, um, that have different perspectives. You know, I think that's kind of one cool thing about Fly My Pretties is it's not just Barnaby Weir's perspective um, over and over again. It's um, it's a changing perspective with the changing talent and and it, but the consistency is the really great band. So you know, so someone like Bailey Wiley can bring her more new school. Um, kind of uh, hip hop centric kind of sound, R and B sound to us, but you know the way that the band plays it is yes. still really fat and heavy, and we can use samples and stuff like that as well. But but it really gives it a um, you know consistent kind of thick um, fly my pretties kind of rhythm section feel as well, which I really like. Yeah. Um. So it, so it's just giving her a version of her own song with fly my pretties band and um all the all the resources you've got there. You know the singers you might have Lisa Tomlin's Rhea Hall on your BVs. You know there's some great resources there. Might <laughs> superstars. on bass. Yeah. Well, superstars of wrestling. They are to me too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, in so that, certainly, yeah. Yeah, so that's something. I mean, and then I guess you know, over time, it's just like, well, why would we? Why would we not do this? Um, we don't, we don't go out and like tour pubs and and do heaps of gigs. We do kind of bigger gigs and less of them. But um, mm. I, I really hope that we can just develop this and, and keep um, working on that. And I think that the the original concept is still, you know, still has integrity. It's um, yeah, um, I'm part of it, but it's not all about me, and it's not all about one particular artist. It's um, about you know new different perspectives, some new perspectives, and so there's, you know, we can do it in the future, and there may be a fly my pretties in the future where I don't need to even be playing in it. You know, I mean that's fine. It's just about the concept. Yeah, wicked, wicked. Thank you for talking to us, bro. It's very thank very, you. It's thank very you, thanks for um tro- uh, doing this experiment. Uh, with me, the phone, yeah. <laughs> the remote studio experiment. I think it should. I think it should work a treat. I hope. So, um, all right, bro. Cheers, man. Have a good day. Thank Thanks. you. See you. See you.